You ready for this? I was asking myself, not you. <laughs> um, I had a question just for fun. What's more important, reading your Bible or praying? Yes. Yes. Good. I had a question to answer it with. Is what's more important, breathing in or breathing out? wanted to think about for a while sometimes I've heard well I read my Bible a lot I'm okay sometimes I hear well I pray all the time I don't need to read They're both very very important um, last week Mary talked about seeking the Lord more in our lives um, about going after him pursuing him and what you're doing and who you are and that everyone is unique in their own way um, God is so big, you wouldn't think it'd be hard to find him sometimes, but sometimes it seems like we have a hard time with that in who we are. Uh, I did an exercise one time, it was kind of interesting to me, I heard it, I think on the radio or something, but it was where you just get in time alone with the Holy Spirit and ask him, because his, his, we look around and everybody's different, it looks different, acts different, all those kind of things, but we're all unique in the way he created us, but we're created in, in his image. And I think so many times we think his image is what we look like, and it's not. Um, it is part, he is so vast, part of his image is in every single one of us in some way, shape, or form. And the exercise was to just get alone with him and kind of ask him, what part of your image is in me? And I did that, and I asked him for one word, because more than that would be a lot harder for me to figure out. Because he actually told me, and it was a matter of seconds, he told me um, what part of it was, and the next couple of weeks I could see that just going looking at my life I could see that trait in my life all the way back to even childhood which I think is pretty sweet I mean and every one of you has that different trait in it in the body we make it it becomes more of who he is um, but today what I kind of want to talk about is kind of go on with that as far as she's talking about seeking him about walking in the spirit we've been talking about being filled with the spirit and walking in um, the spirit for our lives kind of what I want you to gain from today um, walking in the spirit increased awareness of who he is in every part of our lives sometimes we think uh, you know I get this increased awareness on Sunday morning or once a week and sometimes that's the way it goes but I want to walk through we're going to walk through uh, Romans chapter 8 about um, how to gain this and how to um grow in this relationship because it is a relationship uh, with the Holy Spirit it's not something where you zap get filled with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden you're a super Christian or something like that I think they use that in high school now super Christian ones that really follow the Bible not ones that just say they are <laughs> which I think is kind of a funny term but it is what it is I suppose on that um, so let's uh, let me see here you ever have handwriting so bad you can type it out and you still can't read it? That's <laughs> kind of how it is. And then I found out after I did all this typing that my computer had a dictation thing on it. I thought, oh, man. <laughs> I could have used that. Saved me about two hours of typing. <laughs> um, and, and as we're growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives, um, just like a regular relationship, I'll, I'll go back and forth and relate to a regular relationship on earth because sometimes it's a lot easier for us to understand that. Like um, my wife and I, when we were in high school, we knew each other a little bit, 
Um, now we know our moods. We know when to stay away from each other. Sunday mornings, usually no one talks before the coffee gets cooked. Once that goes, it's pretty good because everybody knows that Sunday mornings can be a make and break for you. For some reason, there's demons lurking around your house on Sunday mornings that make you want to argue. <laughs> um, but just you learn each other's moods, you learn each other's traits as you journey through the relationship part of your life with your spouse or with your family member, best friend. I know some people have best friends from when they're kids, which is pretty cool. I don't. <laughs> I move around. Some, we have moved around so much that I don't keep in touch with people long distance very well. Polly does, but I just never have. <laughs> um, but you, I mean, there's even, you learn different traits of the person, even how they move, how they walk. I'm sure my wife can tell you when I come home because she can hear me dragging up the stairs. It's just, there, used, there was a guy I used to work with. He could tell when I was coming through the shop, which I'm the boss, so they work faster when I come through the shop. But um, they could tell by the sound of my boots who it was walking through the shop. I like, and as we journey through being filled with the Spirit and moving through our lives, I think that we can become more and more aware and heightened to his sense of his presence. And I think the Holy Spirit has moods. Um, I think he has times when he wants to be serious about stuff. Uh, and he is so interested in every part of our life, not just the part where we get on our face in the carpet and say, God, I need you right now. He's interested in every aspect of it. Um, he knows our strengths and weaknesses better than we do. And we, as through our relationship, learn his strengths, which are um, immense, and when he wants to bear those. Um, so let's go, I guess, Romans 8. We'll start chapter, or first one there. Uh, Romans 8 is Paul's writing to the born-again believer. Um, he's not writing to someone who, who's not saved, who doesn't know the Lord, who's not spirit-filled. Um, so when you become when you become a Christian, you know the Lord. You become you start this journey of being spirit filled and walking in this spirit. Um, you're aware that He's inside you. I think there's a fancy word Glenn could probably tell you about the Spirit. He stands beside you. He's with you. Um, you have that relationship with Him, and He is God on earth. That's who the Holy Spirit is. It's not second hand. It's not nothing like that. It's God on earth who's within you. And to me, that's really kind of awe-inspiring and awesome and humbling that he also is aware and wants to know, be part of every part of our life. Um, so Romans 8, chapter, or 8, verse 1. Let me read this. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. So that's us. If you're here today and you're saved, if you're not, let me know. We'll talk to Joy right after service and she'll lead you to the Lord, right? She's on it. Actually, I was praying about this and I thought, I'll just tell him Joy. Because <laughs> I know Joy gets super excited about that. I do, I do too, but she's, she's like really on it. Cheerleader. <laughs> Cheerleader, yes. She is on it. Um, but he's talking to the born-again believer, and, and this, this is who we are. We're walking in the Spirit now. We're not walking in the flesh. We still have free will, and we can make poor choices like we all do. But there's no condemnation for us anymore. To me, that's pretty awesome. Yes. 
because we put ourselves in that spot all the time. Oh, I messed up, you know, or whatever. Or we condemn other people, which that's not our job either. There's no condemnation to this. Um, the awareness that I'm talking about, awareness of the Spirit in our lives and everything we do, can be hindered by things of this world. Um, you think in this world God is so big, so vast, He wouldn't be hard to find. He wouldn't be hard to run into at every corner you go around. And truly, He's not. He is there. Every corner we run around, every person we run into, it's our awareness of Him that we sometimes struggle with or we're growing through it, growing into. Um, what, what kind of things will, can hinder us from that? Some of it's our own choice, what we're doing. I mean, we can, I think there's a level of holiness that the Holy Spirit, imagine that, um, will adhere to more and more. I found in the past year or so, there's sometimes we'll be doing something or going somewhere and the Holy Spirit will say, oh, say it clears day to me, you can go there, but I ain't gonna be with you there. That's not where I'm going, I'm not gonna be there. Um, and then I have to make that choice, I have to make that choice. Do I wanna go there and enjoy myself without him? Not anymore. Because it makes a big difference. Um, I can give kind of a funny thing, Pauline. I don't, what was the name of that movie we watched? That guy went back in time. Time Changer. It's about a guy who, in he is a sci-fi thing or whatever. But he went through time, and from a hundred years ago, he he was writing a book, and and it was about um, Jesus and morals. But he took Jesus out of it, like he caught a boy stealing, and he said, "Stealing's wrong. Don't do it." And the argument was he should say stealing's wrong because our creator said this is wrong. And they said, we'll take the creator part out and just say stealing's wrong. So anyway, he went 100 years in the future and saw all the stuff that was uh, happening because of that. And it was kind of funny. One scene was super funny. He, Because uh, he lived a very disciplined life. He was a Bible teacher, professor. And he went to movies with this church group he joined up with. He was trying to figure out the, the 21st century in his mind because he was from the 1800s. And, and he went, he had a church group going to see a movie. He thought, cool, he never saw a movie before he went there. And it was hilarious because he came running out of the theater and shaking these kids and going, saying, stop the movie. Something's terribly wrong. This person on the screen is using the Lord's name in vain. And everybody's looking like, What? This is just the way it is. What, what's wrong with this guy? But it was funny in, in a sense, but you turn that around. Is it, what's wrong with us? Why isn't this stuff bothering us? There's a level of holiness, I think, that the Holy Spirit will um, adhere to and be more part of. If you want to hear his voice walking in the Spirit, walking closer and closer to him, I think there's a level of holiness that we need to decide to be a part of our lives. And he helps us with that. He helps us decide what things we should and shouldn't do, but he doesn't make us do them or not do them. That free will thing sometimes is awesome. Sometimes you wonder why. <laughs> um, it just, the, the, the things that can level or, or uh, hinder that level of um, awareness of his presence in everything that we do 
I think things of the world can sometimes hinder that, distractions. Um, sometimes we put our careers before God. Sometimes we put, I've seen people put their car before God. I mean, I work in that business and I've seen that quite a little bit. And it may start out small, but pretty soon you're doing all this stuff and God's over here. And he doesn't keep going without you. He just waits. But there's that awareness. Is pretty soon that awareness is gone and you don't hear that voice like you did. And something we need to watch out for, I believe. Um, let's go to Romans, let's see, 5 and 6. I might be getting ahead of myself, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Five, we'll start at 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritual, Spiritually minded is life and peace. So, a couple things here. That's pretty self-explanatory. I was kind of talking about how you can uh, get distracted and live that carnal life. But there's right there fruit. Life and peace. There's goodness, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. These are things that are fruit of walking in the Spirit. Now, we're a pretty small family church, and I kind of like that about it. Chad and I were talking the other day about when he first came here, too, how it felt like home. And uh, that's the reason I'm still here. It felt like home. felt like a family. And the thing about family is, if Cy sees that I'm not living in life and peace and having these fruits in my life, he has permission to talk to me about it. And I think that's kind of the way family goes. Um, so these are things as we're walking in the spirit and we're looking out for each other iron sharpening iron we've heard that verse before um, those things are things that we need to watch out for each other because sometimes we don't see we're walking off a cliff but someone else might and we need to be sensitive enough to listen to our friends and our family about those things sometimes the edge of that cliff looks pretty fun but, it, but it's not when you get to the, over the other side of it. Um, so we should watch for fruit in our lives, but also in others. The Bible says we're not supposed to judge um, people, but we can judge fruit. Um, and I think, however, it was you or somebody was talking about how, you, maybe it was Glenn talking about pruning, pruning away things so that better fruit and more fruit can grow. That's, God uses our friends and our family to do that for us. Sometimes it's rough, sometimes it's not, but there's no condemnation in it. When someone comes to you over something like this, or if you're doing it to yourself, there shouldn't be condemnation, there should be conviction, which in the church nowadays, I think they call it offense, but it used to be called conviction. <laughs> and Glenn can preach about that. Because <laughs> I know he likes to convict people or offend them, I don't know which one it is. But sometime in the age here, churches change from a con conviction of the Holy Spirit being there to being offended because I know myself personally if I'm offended about something most of the time something that's wrong in me and I need to be convicted and ask God to help me change but sometime in the last I don't know how many years that's changed to an offense which we'll, we'll get past that hopefully get people saved that's what we need to do yep. walk in the Spirit and get people saved get, introduce them to the awesome Okay, let's go 
Romans 14, or 8, 8, 14, sorry. So we're, being, we're walking in the Spirit. It says, so for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. This is pretty sweet. So we're being led by the Spirit now, saved, redeemed, and we're sons of God or daughters of God. Um, how many times can you think of in your life where you've been led by the Spirit, maybe you didn't even realize it? Where you're maybe driving home or maybe you're at the house or whatever you're doing and you think, well, I need to call Bob. He, and I just haven't talked to him. Well, you call him end up being the perfect moment where he needed a phone call from somebody or he needed encouragement or he needed someone to pick a car up off him and he dropped a jack on himself. I don't know. But it's kind of a funny story. A friend of mine named Larry I used to work for, or you work with, he was a tow truck operator. And uh, this is back when I worked out, at, out in Troy Mills there. And uh, I was headed home for the day. It was back when I only worked eight hours a day. It was kind of like part-time, so I was bored. <laughs> so I'd drive around a little bit. <laughs> I was driving home, and I'd take a couple of different ways. And uh, I just felt like, hey, I want to drive by Larry's house, see what he's doing. So, and his garage door was open, so I thought, oh, I'll go see what he's doing. And I just I pull up, I look over, and there he was dancing in his garage, half-dressed. <laughs> but he was trying to paint a car. And he was a tow truck operator. <laughs> didn't know nothing about painting but he he was trying to just paint some little spots on it but anyway as I drove up he was cleaning his gun out and he'd got splashed lacquer thinner up in his eyes and it was coming down his face and stuff like that and so I mean of course I just run in the garage there quick and his garage was like most grown men's garages it was an obstacle course but there, there, he always had water and pop and stuff in the fridge so I run over to the fridge and get to him that stuff I started rinsing his face down and all that kind of stuff and uh, ended up just having some chemical burns, but he could see. I thought maybe, because you get that stuff in your eyes, it's, it's thinner. It thins anything out, water, everything in your eyes. Um, and, of course, we sat there for a while until he could see decent enough to walk around. But I think that was me being led by the Spirit, and I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I've had several instances then, since then, um, and I think everybody probably has. Sometimes we realize it after the fact. At, at that time, I didn't. It was probably, I don't know, maybe a year or so later, I thought, you know what? When I was reading and studying some stuff, I was like, that was probably God. <laughs> I mean, not probably, it was. I'll give him all the credit, because I'm not that bright at finding that stuff out. But um, it made me curious to seek him more, like she was talking about, to, hey, what can I, what can I do to help more, or do more, or, or make that phone call to help someone? Um, Glenn called it one time uh, a treasure hunt. What well, he said they used to do, they call it treasure hunt. And it may be a way, as you're walking in the Spirit, you can kind of practice it and work it out. You can practice how to hear God. Um, he called it treasure hunt. But like if, for example, they would go, and we did it once sometimes with the youth group up in Alaska. We'd go walk around the mall or something and just start asking God, what about, what about this guy here? What's he need? And God may say, stay away from that guy and keep your kids away from him too, <laughs> you know. But that's listening to the Spirit. Um, he may send you somewhere. He may say, hey, this, this lady needs 100 bucks. You better pony up, buddy. Um, and it ain't about the money. It's about obeying God and meeting a need. I watched a video. I don't know if you guys know who uh, Todd White is. He's, I think that's his name. But he's fun to watch. 
because he's nuts. But <laughs> I figure you probably know who he is. <laughs> but he uh, he was uh, walking through a store and he showed. He said he's walking through a store and his, God told him to, to uh, give this guy he was in one of them little scooters. Told him to give him a hundred bucks and he was like and he didn't just say, "Well, Lord, I don't know, a hundred bucks." No, he ran over to the register and got a hundred bucks you know, from his card or whatever. Ran over, gave it to him. And the guy started bawling, and uh, he said, what are you bawling for, man? You know, he said, after he talked to him for a little bit, and basically he said, I have an insurance bill, because he'd hurt his leg or whatever. He said, it's $97. And so he said, you don't know what this means to me. And I think stuff like that we can do. He wasn't going there on a treasure hunt f per se, but I think as we do stuff like that, um, it opens up our hearts and our minds to hear and see those things more and more. I mean, I know when I go to Walmart, it ain't hard to go to Walmart and look in someone's eyes and, and the Holy Spirit say something to you about them. It doesn't mean grab them and, you know, cast something out of them or something. <laughs> they want to sometimes when they take forever to check you out at the store, but uh, that's, that's, it's kind of like practice. And it's like, I don't know if that's right to say it that way or not, but it's almost like dating when I'd take my wife out dating when we were younger, that was to get to know her better, to get to know her traits, to see if I could stand being with her for a long time. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's part of it. You learn, you learn more and more about them. And, of course, I stay with her forever, but <laughs> I learned we could get along in spurts sometimes. No. <laughs> no, it's really funny because me and her are totally different, completely opposite. I mean... I'm not a very compassionate person. She's got it dripping off of her most of the time. But God put us together. We make a really good team. So, um, well, I guess get back to my verse here. <laughs> um, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, we're the sons of God. All of that I said, basically, it is in our nature to hear His voice. It is totally within our nature to hear His voice. It's not unnatural. It's not... It's not unnatural for me to hear my dad's voice, my natural dad. I know his voice miles away sometimes. Um, but you know his voice, and, and it's not a spiritually hard thing to reach at all because it is in our spiritual nature to hear God's voice, period. It's not a difficult thing. You don't have to put your face in a rug for two hours in the morning and, dear God, help me hear your voice today because that's not what you do to hear your dad's voice. You hear it. You know it. And uh, sometimes I think as Christians we try and make things super spiritual. And that's not always the case. And that's not the case most of the time. Um, so let's go to Romans 26 and 27, or 8, 26 and 27. Okay. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. How many people got weakness? At least we know Paul does. <laughs> um, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 
So right here, Paul basically is saying that he knows one of our weaknesses is we don't even know how to pray right. And I'm there. There's so many times I don't know what to pray for. Or not what to pray for, but how to pray for the situation or whatever it calls for because I don't know the exact will of God. It says here the Holy Spirit searches and knows the will of God. Um, Trying to think of a good example of that. I know a friend, uh, he tells me many times, his, his son has a lot of problems, um, most, mostly self-induced. Um, but he's told me many times, basically what would solve all of his son's problems is if he had more money. And a lot of times, that makes a lot of sense to anybody. You know, if you got a bill you need to pay or something, or he has a lot of crazy things that he has to pay because of decisions he's made. Um, but if he was to pray, dear God, I need you know ten thousand dollars to pay this bill off, and then begins to pray in the spirit, the spirit may be saying, God, don't listen to that. He, we're trying to make this man like Jesus. Don't listen to that last request. He doesn't need that money because he needs to learn whatever. He, he prays differently than we do because it is a weakness of ours. We always seek the quick fix. You know, we want the instant gratification, the, something that goes right now. We want God to just come down and smite that person. <laughs> but that's not his perfect will. The Holy Spirit intercedes for that. Intercedes, he's praying as, he's not praying at a situation. He's praying as if it was him. Praying the perfect will of God for what we need or want. Um, that, that to me is pretty awesome. Let's go to number 28. And we know that all things work together for good of those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. This can go... This is actually really, really cool because how many people have a past? Everybody sitting here. Some good, some bad. Um, a really good example is that, again, that speaker taught. He was a, a druggie, basically, drug addict. Um, in his testimony, that was his life. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I've heard bits and pieces of it. He basically come to the Lord. He about got shot during a drug deal. And he came to the Lord, and yeah, you think, man, that guy's a druggie, he shouldn't do. But God takes that, and he works it for the good. That guy reaches, I don't know, I think he does big stadiums, doesn't he? I've just seen little things he does on the street ministry and stuff. But I think he does big stadiums. I'd heard the last preaching thing he went to that people were running, like running down the aisles to accept God. And that's, that's using that for good. So we can't dwell on stuff that we think maybe is the yuck in our lives. The yuck stuff in our lives, he can use for his good and for our good. Okay, Romans 31 and 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things.
that is right there. Glenn's a lot better preacher than me. He could probably preach on that for about a week or more. That is amazing. Yes. We sometimes worry, not sometimes, we worry all the time about things. Again, it's not super spiritual. This is a God gave his own son to die in the most gruesome way possible. I used to have a kind of a, I don't know if you call it a vision, but a picture in my mind of him on the cross. And there's, it's been a lot of years, but there used to be stuff that he would ask me to do. And I really didn't want to do it because it was, I felt at the time, I felt kind of like the Grim Reaper because it felt like every time he'd tell me to do something, it was to bring a message to someone that was kind of one of those messages in life where it said, you know, you need to fish or cut bait. You need to change here or this is your future. And for me, that was really hard to do because I felt like, why, why aren't I saying, you know, hey, you guys are gonna have a big blessing coming up. That's great. He wasn't telling me that stuff. He was telling me to deliver messages and I felt like the Grim Reaper, but I wanted to obey God. And I would have this vision sometimes or picture of Christ on the cross and it was pretty gruesome because I got a pretty good imagination when it comes to that stuff. I think we both got a pretty good vision. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it would, uh, he would just, he would be on, hanging on that cross. He'd look at me right in eye to eye and he would say, I did this for you. And uh, that was pretty good motivation. And for my, you know, it takes it in perspective, my whininess of, I don't want to go tell this guy, you know, he needs to whatever, whatever. I'd, so I'd, I'd go and do it. Um, but he, he gave his son to die that most gruesome, gruesome, gruesome death. And that's not just so he will cover us in the big things. He cares about every little thing we do. As we walk out in the spirit, he cares about what Damon's hair looks like this morning at service. Because Damon cares about what his hair looks like. He wants it perfect. And it's kind of a joke that we have because it's been that way since he was probably 16 years old. I don't think his hair's moved. Actually, I seen him one day after he washed it at his house. We were deer hunting. <laughs> he looked like Fozzie Bear. But <laughs> Fozzie Bear. That's who he looked like. Because it looked like his hair was trying to escape from his head. I wish I would have took a picture of it. But anyway... God cares about every little thing that we care about. Um, it is not, oh, I don't want to bother God, you know. I made this terrible decision, now I got to make, you know, I bought this car that I can't even pay for now. God cares about that. Yeah, he knows you made a bad choice, but he still cares about that as you walk out your life with him. He may give you some choices to make or whatnot, but um, he didn't die that gruesome, gruesome death just to, pay for the big stuff in our lives for every little part of our life he cares about it as we walk out with him to me that it's, it's awesome I mean it encourages you to work to, to want to walk with him in every part of your life it's not like oh, I ain't gonna bother God with that I need to go to work no God let's go to work because I'm gonna need your help I gotta work with Rachel all the time I get you for coming here to see me <laughs> um, but to to not go everywhere with him, but he is with us everywhere. Now let's go to Romans 33 um, through 35, um, chapter 8. Let's see if I can find this. 
Okay. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? If we could have that verse in our head every time we get into a tribulation or a problem, that is amazing to me. And also, if you hadn't, I put this together actually this morning when I was looking at it. Again, in Romans 6, 26, or 8, 26 and 27, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us because of our lack, our weakness of knowing how to pray right. Here, now we've got Jesus interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. It doesn't get much better than that. Praying for us like he's in our shoes going through what we're going through. And that makes us more than conquerors. Let's look at verse 37. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors for him who loved us. This whole chapter is pretty well just awesome. I'm just going to tell you guys. More than conquerors. We can walk around walking pretty tall. Nothing can come against us that defeat that what he's doing in us. Nothing can separate us from him. That awareness of him in all things. We still can become distracted. Our focus can, we can lose awareness. I, I don't know, people used to say, um, well, size on fire for God. He's really doing this or that. We can become close to him and far away from him. Um, it's almost like, like a, a long distance relationship. You could maybe uh, be similar. Where say you're really close to someone for months and then they have to go maybe a deployment or something for military that relationship is still there but it's not as close as it was it's not on fire that with with god is completely up to us that awareness um that we have of the spirit and walking out in our lives is a lot up to us tuning into what he is like there's Radio stations galore out there you can tune to. There's Bluetooth, all that kind of stuff. But if you stay tuned into what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, that is going to continue to grow in that relationship closer and closer to Him. And really, just from experience, it is super exciting. Sometimes a little scary, but most of the time, it's super exciting. He is uh, always willing to teach, always willing to share. Um... It's kind of like what I think you can set relationship goals. <laughs> you know, a year from now, I want to be able to walk up to Ron and, and the Holy Spirit tell me what Ron's need is. Ron can tell me too. I mean, I don't have to say, hey, Ron, you need this. Ron can tell me because we have a relationship, but the Holy Spirit can tell me so that I can pray for him. Because being as a family as we are too, 
the Holy Spirit could tell me a need someone has, and I, I don't have to just say, hey, everybody, guess what Ron needs? No, it's for the Holy Spirit and I to pray for, and if he needs physical help, that's for our job, too. It's not for, dear God, help uh, Owen to get off his butt and help Ron. No, if he's telling me something, it's for me. And we kind of defer that stuff a lot. I mean, I have. It's easier. <laughs> I'm too busy. I'm, I'm a busy guy, but I, I, the God, God's been teaching me in the past few months that you're busy or not, you you got some stuff to do. And that's where your priority comes. The Holy Spirit says, I'm going this way. Are you coming with me? Or do I need to wait here till you get back doing what you're doing that you're so busy doing? All right. Did I read Romans 39 yet? Yeah, I don't think I did. I'll just read on through there. Yet in all things, I'm going to read this one again because it's fun. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's one of them things you can put right in front of your car. Read it before you start driving, but when you go to work sometimes, you need to hear that. You need to know that. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if we stick with him, there's really not anything anybody's going to do about it. Nothing can separate us from that love. We can grow cold to it, but nothing can separate us from that. And here's a part i kind of been waiting to talk about because it's fun. God's been messing with me about this because it's, it's just really cool. I didn't notice it there. I've read this. I don't know how many times. Didn't notice it. That's just the way it would go sometimes, I guess, when you can't read real good. Um, let's see if I can find it again here. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, things present and things to come, what's missing out of that passage? The past. How come? Because Christ bought it. It's not our past anymore. To me, this is, I've been, it's amazing. It's like, it's not my past anymore. He's forgiven it. We've talked about justification, about it's like we've never done it. We've just, just as I've never done it. Um, our past is not ours anymore. We don't have to dwell on it. We don't have to feel condemnation over it. There's no condemnation. Um, he bought it. It's his. We can go there. We can go back to our past without his permission, without his guidance. And it's basically going back and looking at a lie because that's not what our past is anymore. And we go back and look at a lie and now we're looking at, we're actually enabling a liar in our life to speak to us and say, well, you screwed that up. You ain't worthy of this. We enable that liar when we do that. It's because Christ looks at our past different than the way we look at it. We need his interpretation of our past since he's bought it before we can go back there. Um, but with his help, he can take us back there. Kind of like joyriding. Like if I sold Sam my truck, that truck's not mine anymore. He bought it. Say a year later, I want to take and drive that truck. 
I can do it without his permission. I can do it with his permission. We can go do stuff, whatever. If I do it without his permission, that's grand theft. Or joyride. And I can tell you, joyriding don't turn out too good. I, in the past couple of months, just driving tow truck, I know we pulled one out of someone's front yard, and we pulled a really nice Lincoln out of a creek. That's not a nice Lincoln anymore. And that was a, the product of joyriding. Just want to take someone else's car for a ride that wasn't, didn't belong to them anymore. And that's what I think can happen in our past. It can get us down. It can, we can have excuses to feel down about ourselves or down about someone else. Because he didn't just buy my past. He bought all y'all's past. It ain't my job to go meddling and saying, well, you were like this. You don't belong here. That ain't my job. Because that past, I'm not looking at that past right either. Because it's not, it's Christ. He can take you there. This is a really cool part too. He can take you to your past and heal stuff. There was a thing, and I'll tell you about this. Uh, back when we were in Alaska, um, we did stuff with the youth, and there was this one fella named Sean. And uh, I actually struggled quite a bit with talking in front of people and stuff like that because it just just struggle with it for a long, long time. And uh, I was asking God about it and stuff like that, and he took me back to this place. We actually went, I don't know if you guys went to Life Church. There was a, there was a speaker there that talked about how God can, the Holy Spirit can take you somewhere in your past and help you to heal something. Like we've heard of uh, soldiers that get PTSD and stuff from something that happened in their past. They can't function today because of something that happened back there. Um, same kind of thing, but it's God. So it works really, really good. But he took me back to this place in, in Alaska. There's a boy named Sean. And uh, I went, worked with him and was praying and, and trying to get him to give his heart to the Lord. He was raised in a Christian family. He just didn't want nothing to do with it. But anyway, one Sunday, he came up to the front for an altar call, and he was giving his heart to God. And it was the real thing because there was snot and tears. <laughs> The more snot, you know, the more saved they're getting, you know, because he was, he was convicted. He wasn't offended. He was convicted of the sins, and he, and he gave his heart to the Lord, and uh, I was super excited, and I just, I was like, yes. I hauled out like, like I just scored a goal or something. I was super excited, and I had this lady just kind of look at me eye to eye, and it was like, we don't do that here, and, and um, I didn't realize at the time, but but God showed me right at that moment that lady when she did that to me there was a shame that came on to me because I believed her I believed a lie and I, ever since that time I didn't really want to do nothing in front of nobody I don't really talk in front of people unless I really really know you good it wasn't my thing at all I just didn't like it because I felt I may be judged maybe condemned I don't know what it is but God took me back to that spot in my past with his guidance and he said, now it's time to get healed from that. And he can, since he's bought my past, he can do what he wants with it. And that is so, so an awesome part of walking in the Spirit. I have no more legal access to my past. He has it. He can take me there and heal me from stuff. He can help me in immense ways. And through that, I can also have more of a heightened awareness of his presence in everything I do. If a fear comes up, I can go right to him and he'll say, nope, that ain't from me. If I think about my past, I'm thinking, well, I ain't worthy of that. He's like, nope, 
You don't have permission to be there. That's mine now. You're justified. That ain't you. And it, it's been helping me to open up more into the uniqueness that God has put in me as to who I am and in who he says I am. And I just want to encourage everyone here to seek that out. Seek more time with him. Uh, seek out who you're supposed to be. Um, maybe you're eons beyond me and you got it figured out. Uh, I'm wanting your help because I need to know it. Because um, there's so much that, I mean, our lives are pretty short on this earth. And um, I don't want mine to just be something that doesn't affect my kids and their kids and the ones around me. I want to be able to, with the Spirit, have an effect on those people in a positive way that they can walk in the spirit and become fishers of men instead of sitters of pews <laughs> I was always excited when they got rid of pews and put chairs in because it was so much like sitting on the bench and I played sports and I hate sitting on the bench I had to be in the game <laughs> so to me that was exciting it was less like sitting on the bench but Walking in the Spirit, you ain't going to be sitting on the bench very long because He will show you awesome things, and not just in church or like in this sitting, but so much of your life you spend out there with other folks. And I encourage you too, as you go through Walmart or your job or wherever, look people in the eye and ask God, what about this person? Do I need to pray for him? Or I, what about him? He may have nothing, but he may have something that may change someone's whole life and put them in a seat like this. Or maybe your next best friend. You don't know. Maybe your wife, Joshua. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll wrap it up right there. <laughs> we know what to pray for when it comes to Joshua. So I guess let's just, let's just close in prayer today. Father God, you are amazing. And every time we, uh, we search your word, there's more of you to be found. Father, search all of our hearts and soften them and tender them, tenderize them towards you. Father, if we need to bring a, a, a higher level of holiness into our lives so that we can hear you more, um, maybe attract more people unto you. Father, just... I pray that everyone's heart here today would be softened towards your spirit's voice. Lord, I pray for a measure of courage to be into everyone to, to act out on what you want us to do. The God of the universe speaking to us to help other people. Just amazing, God. I just pray that you would go with each one of us this week heighten our senses to your spirit and, and awareness of who you are and what you want to go on in our lives this week. Heal our pasts as you deal with every little thing that may be causing us to um, have a, a sore spot or something that needs to be healed so we can be who you say we're supposed to be. Mighty, mighty God, I thank you for that and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming.